And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries, and we're excited for today's program. We thank you for being part of our program as we're going to talk about Mount Zion today. So stay tuned, get your Bibles ready for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, to, to take the greatest mountain uh, in history and discuss it, Lord, and, and you see what you've done in the past and uh, see what you'll be doing in the future with that and how important that is to each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, help open our eyes so we may grow in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Again, you're turning to the truth. We'll set your free Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is that of Mount Zion. For those of you following us live on social media, hey, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family and start a watch group and get the word out. So we're very excited. And also keep us in prayer for this program as well. Before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Another week, uh, another day of God's word. <laughs> very, you know, absolutely right. And we, you and I, we keep very busy during the week. So every time we get to connect at least once a week during this program, it's always an exciting time because uh, there's always a lot of amazing things going on uh, around the world. Right, Nathan? So much for us to talk about. I mean, this week, sad to hear about our president, how COVID and the news going back and forth with that, you know? Yeah, and a lot of big Bible prophecy people as well. I mean, we've got John Hagee and um, also Greg Laurie who came down with COVID. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people praying for President Trump and his wife, and uh, he seemed to pull through pretty quickly. Uh, they're saying now that 10% of people in the world now have the coronavirus. So that just blows the mind. But again, the death toll is 0.036%. So I'm, I'm just hoping, I'm looking forward to after the election. I'm hoping that all this craziness surrounding it will finally dissipate. Yes, I am in agreement with you. And Nathan, that's why uh, we thank the Lord for our health and uh, every day that we could just continue to serve him. We do want to keep our nation in prayer and those that have come down with the virus. But uh, also, Nathan, before we continue, just in case someone is new to our broadcast, might you be able to share a little bit of information about who we are and what we do and how they can get a hold of these resources? Well, absolutely. Uh, Vic and I are both uh, evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Christ. And we do that quite a number of different ways, primarily through our television program called Christ in Prophecy. And you can find that on all, almost all the major Christian networks. Of course, our website, ChristinProphecy.org, has the TV show as well as articles and newsletters, uh, social media you can sign up for. We have an app, the Lamb and Lion app, all available on all the major platforms. And so come check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And of course, again, just wonderful resources for those of you that want to continue to grow uh, in your knowledge of biblical prophecy, eschatology. Uh, so, Nathan, again, as we're talking about wonderful things. Um, hey, Nathan, do you like mountain climbing by any chance? Do you ever mountain climbed? Uh, you know, I love hiking, but if you're talking about like rappelling down cliffs, uh, no, I'm, I'm not big on heights. Mm, yeah, actually, you know, I, I'm a little bit of scared of heights myself. I, I like more like hills that I can walk up those. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't mind trying, but if you're talking about dangling off the side of a cliff like El Capitan or something, <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see myself doing it. But I do love to hike in the up in the mountains and uh, visit parks. So, uh, yeah, if that's what you're talking about, I, you've got me. I'm all in. 
That I'm right there with you. And of course, I think our listeners might know where we're going with this because our topic has to do with Mount Zion. And Nathan, as soon as people hear of Mount Zion, right, like many people, they certain things come into their mind. Like you said, El Capitan, right, California. If I'm not mistaken, it's this wonderful mountain that everybody seeks out to want to climb, right? That or they're thinking of the third Matrix movie where the underground secret layer where humanity was surviving the the machines they call that uh, zion as well so hopefully that's what people aren't thinking when they think of mount zion right and that's why you and i are going to clarify today what mount zion is its location and really what it's all about because you and i have been to israel nathan you and i have been to this location and quite frankly it's kind of not what people expect right <laughs> yeah well when i use mountains it's kind of like uh, i'm a jones and jones has come from wales and the Welsh are very proud of their mountains, but uh, they don't really have mountains. It's uh, hills. <clears throat> Here in Texas, it's flat as a board. And you go down to the hill country of San Antonio, and like, oh, mountains. Uh, no, they're not mountains. Well, it's the same thing in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is quite a high elevation. When they say go up to Jerusalem, you really are. You're climbing up a mountain range. But once you get up there, they talk about different mountains around Jerusalem, including Mount Moriah or Mount Zion, it's called. And that's famous because that's where Abraham uh, was to sacrifice Isaac. That's where the temple ended up being built. And that's where the Dome of the Rock is today. And there's other mountains like the Mount of Olives and Mount Scopus and a few others. But as you walk around Jerusalem, you realize they're not really mountains. They're, they're hills on top of a mountain. Oh, excellent point. And Nathan, now what we do know is the significance behind them. There's a lot of biblical prophecy that is being fulfilled around these locations. And that's really what we want to draw out today as we talk about Mount Zion. And Nathan, will you be able to take us to Revelation chapter 14 and read for us there verses 1 and 3 as we get started? <clears throat> Absolutely. Revelation 14, 1 through 3 reads, then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang as if it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Mm. And Nathan, I love this passage. You and I, of course, we taught we taught through the mighty angels uh, of Revelation there, and uh, we cover part of these topics. But uh, we never really uh, uh, focus uh, just on Mount Zion, the significance, and all the wonderful things that are going to uh, take place there. And again, maybe not a lot of people know a lot about Mount Zion, but I, I uh, the History Channel actually did a wonderful um, uh, a take. Uh, on Mount Zion and Zionism, but also just uh, a description regarding what Mount Zion is. In the Old Testament, Zion is overwhelmingly a poetic and prophetic designation and is uh, infrequently used in ordinary prose. Mount Zion is the place where Yahweh, the God of Israel, dwells, according to Isaiah 8.18, as we're going to notice, uh, Psalm 74.2. And it's a place where he is king, according to Isaiah 24.23. And when he has installed his king, David, according to Psalm 2.6. So it is a wonderful uh, place, right, Nathan? It has a lot of significance, and it's one that really is important for us. Well, it is because so much of, of Bible prophecy revolves around it. I mean, this is the place where the temple stood, where the Shekinah glory of God dwelled in the most holy of holies inside the temple. And so uh, for many, many years, 
Mount Zion was the home of God. Uh, the Greeks would think of it as similar to Mount Olympus, where Zeus would live. Well, here we have the real God, Yahweh, living in a, well, at least a Shekinah glory, living in the temple. And so it's extremely important for the Jewish people. The, the Muslims see it so important that they, they built the Dome of the Rock uh, uh, and have it the al Aska Mosque up on the Temple Mount as a sign of victory over Yahweh and uh, that, that Allah is supposed to be the one true God. Now, we know in end-time Bible prophecy that those mosques will be removed and the third temple will be built in that place. So we know that's coming. But here in, in Revelation 14, just to bring it into context, is this is a, a prophecy about the future uh, where during the tribulation time period, the seven years of tribulation of the fall of man, that the Lord will uh, take 144,000 Jews and stamp, uh, basically brand them with his father's name, and they will go out into the world and evangelize the world. And so we're seeing the imagery here of Jesus the Lamb standing in victory on Mount Zion, because Mount Zion is always seen as victory, and the 40, 144,000 being commissioned to be sent out during that terrible tribulation time period and share the gospel. So again, we, we go all the way back to Abraham uh, proving his loyalty to God by uh, willing to sacrifice his son. And now we're going to the distant future where God is, is getting sending out his evangelists into the world during the tribulation. So Mount Zion plays a crucial role in Bible prophecy, uh, both in the past and way into the future. Mm, excellent, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries. We're talking about Mount Zion. Very exciting. And also, yes, Nathan, and that is fantastic. Also, a great movement uh, has come out, the Zionist uh, movement. Uh, and for those maybe that are not familiar, Zionism is a religion and political effort that brought thousands of Jews from around the world back to their ancient homeland in the Middle East and reestablish Israel as a central location uh, for Jewish identity. While some criticize, uh, critics actually call Zionism an aggressive and discriminatory ideology, the Zionist movement has successfully established a Jewish homeland in the nation of Israel. And, you know, you and I uh, would agree, simply put, Zionism is a movement to recreate a Jewish presence in Israel. And the name comes from the word Zion, which in, in Hebrew term, that refers to Jerusalem. And, and that's what we're talking about, right, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, that's an excellent point because it's not just a physical hill or mountain, but it uh, has spiritual significance in the name. Uh, like I said earlier, it stands for victory, God's victory. And Jesus Christ will one day stand on Mount Zion yet again, uh, conquer, having conquered Satan and the Antichrist and false prophet in uh, starting the millennial kingdom from up there on top of Mount Zion. I, I, I remember uh, I've been in Israel three times, and two of the three times I've been up on the Temple Mount. You have to go up with what I like to call infidel hours. Uh, <laughs> must, it, the Jordanians actually controlled the Temple Mount, and uh, they only let infidels up one hour a day. And so you have one hour to go up there, and there's certain rules. You know, you can't hold hands or show affection to your spouse. And uh, you can go right up to to the Dome of the Rock and touch it. I was surprised about that. There's uh, Muslims picnicking and the police look lethargic up there. It's not a hotbed of activism like most people think, unless you did something wrong, but uh, you can't pray up there. But you can you can tour it, and it's just fascinating. Uh, you know what's fascinating about the Mount Zion is, is the Muslims knew that uh, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, would be coming through the Eastern Gate. So as prophesied, the Eastern Gate was closed up. Uh, Suleiman the Magnificent uh, asked the Jews after he conquered Jerusalem, 
where the Messiah had come. They said through the eastern gate. So what he did is he closed up the eastern gate. He put a graveyard in front of it because no Jewish rabbi would walk through the dead. And when I was up there, they the Temple Mount throws all their garbage into a big pile on the other side of the gate. It's like the a garbage dump up there behind that gate, which really was kind of surprising. So they're doing everything they can to make sure that, that Jesus Christ uh, won't come. But it's also prophesied that in the Psalms that Jesus Christ will blast through that gate. He's going to land on Mount Olives, which is on the opposite side, on the east side of Jerusalem. He will land and the force of it will crack the ground in two and a new valley will form between Mount Olives and Mount Zion. The Antichrist will be besieging the city at the time and the Jewish people will flee down through that valley. But nothing's stopping Jesus from just blowing open those eastern gates and riding up there in victory and proclaiming the millennial kingdom right up there on Mount Zion. Ooh, Nathan, that is fantastic. And I hope that those that are part of this program can get a glimpse of why this is such a, an amazing place uh, and also what it entails when, it, when we talk about biblical prophecy. I mean, this is a place where God is going to rule Jesus himself as well. And it's very, very exciting for us. And, and as a matter of fact, Isaiah chapter 8, verses eight, verse 18, Nathan, if you can take it there, also reminds us, again, this is the place of God. Of course, God does not dwell necessarily in, in four walls or in temples. He is everywhere. But there are certain locations that the Bible pinpoints as God's places. Oh, yeah. Isaiah 8.18 is, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Uh, so, again, uh, here we, the Shekinah glory of God had not departed the temple yet due to Israel's uh, continual rebellion against God. People knew that. Uh, the, that's how the Jewish people believed that. As long as they controlled the temple, uh, they were invincible. Matter of fact, uh, when people, uh, prophets would come up and prophesy the destruction of Israel and Judah, the people would respond, the temple, the temple, the temple. In other words, you foolish prophet, we're invincible as long as God is living up there in the temple. Well, uh, Jeremiah, I believe, was the one who prophesied the departure of the Shekinah glory of God. And once God departed, we saw Israel and, and Jerusalem collapse under about the Assyrians and the Babylonians to go into exile. So, uh, yeah, but uh, it's a wonderful thing to think that the Feast of Tabernacles uh, forecasts the time when God will again, or Christ will tabernacle with his people, and he will be up on the Temple Mount, ruling and reigning his millennial kingdom. So uh, the Shekinah glory of God will return to the temple. Uh, Vic, you mentioned earlier when you're asking about resources, uh, our website at ChristandProphets.org has a series that our founder, Dr. Reagan, did called The Mountains of Israel. There's a quite a number of uh, four or five videos, I believe, uh, where he takes you on tours of each of the different mountains around Jerusalem. And one of them is the Temple Mount. So if you want to check it out, uh, just come to our website, ChristinProphecy.org. Uh, use the search, just type in Mount Zion, and we got a whole half-hour episode where Dr. Reagan takes you around Mount Zion and gives you a tour of it. Man, uh, Nathan, that is fantastic right there. There's nothing like it uh, when you're able to see and feel it. And, and because a lot of times we have a, we picture in our minds something. But when you're there, like when you and I went to Israel and you begin to actually look at everything, it really paints a different picture. So it's so nice that we have the technology now to bring people in on a tour, if you will, and check it out. So that's a wonderful resource right there. And with our ministry leads tours. Uh, Tim Moore, who's our associate evangelist, Leads one a year. Of course, this year has been rough with COVID. We had to cancel. But next year, 2021, in the summer, we've got another one planned. Hopefully, Israel will be open again and this COVID thing will pass. 
And if you're interested in going to Israel, just go to our website at ChristinProps.org. Under events, click Israel Tours, and we've got all the information right there. Uh, most people wonder, you're right, it's, it could be a little pricey. It's about $4,500. But, you know, that's all the travel, the airfare, the rooms, the hotels, the food, you name it, it's all there. Uh, but if you can't afford that, then like Vic said, we live in a wonderful time period where you can get online and get a tour of that area. You don't have to physically be there. That's better. But the second best thing is to go with us on a virtual tour. Mm, fantastic. What a wonderful opportunity. And I always say it's worth worth the investment, Nathan. And Nathan, like you mentioned, it is a place, Zion is a place where God is going to rule. And according to Isaiah, uh, chapter 24, verse 25, Nathan, uh, excuse me, 23, uh, if you can take us there, uh, it just pinpoints exactly to what you said earlier. And I think that's a fantastic passage as well. All right. Uh, give me a sec here. Uh, pull it up. Hmm. I'm not quite sure why that's not coming out. All right. Hold a sec here. Isaiah 24. 23. Yes. Thank you. 24, 23. Maybe that's why it didn't come up. Hold a second there. No problem. I also, uh, sometimes it takes me a second when I'm flipping through the pages. Well, I thought I'd pull it up, but the, the, my Bible, online Bible is like, I can't find it. Uh, so Isaiah 24, 23 said, Then the moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed, for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his elders gloriously. Woo. And again, we see that wonderful location there uh, where the Lord, again, the Bible says in, in Mount Zion, he will reign. And this is why when people take a trip to Israel and they actually set their feet on that location, it just does something to you to think the almighty God it has, has has pinpointed this place in the word of God and you're able to actually uh, stand there. So that was one of the exciting things when I went to Israel with my wife, just being able to stand in these locations and open the Bible and be in awe that we're going to be part of this. We're going to be participating in this. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about going to Jerusalem. Uh, most people are really shocked to see how pagan it is. They think you know, everything's holy and all, but you know, there's three major religions there Four, if you count Baha'i, uh, it's a very, uh, a lot of the the churches are Catholic, a lot of paganism, a lot of kissing of idols. And uh, it, and it's interesting that the tribulation time period is, is between the earthquakes that it will collapse a tenth of the city and the Antichrist attacking it. Uh, most of what we see in, or will see in Israel today, Jerusalem particularly, will be destroyed. And so when we read something like Isaiah 24 or go to, as for instance, Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48, that's a entire description of the millennial kingdom is that much of Jerusalem as we know it today will be leveled and Jesus will rebuild the city. The one prophecy says it will be lifted to the highest place. Maybe that's in esteem, but some believe that that the mountains of Israel will be lifted and be the highest mountains in the world. That That's the Mount Everest will no longer be the highest place. Uh, uh, of course, there'll be oxygen to breathe and all that, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what we see in Jerusalem will be no more, and Jesus will, when he gets up to the Temple Mount, will have a millennial temple. Uh, the third temple is will have been desecrated and destroyed, and the matter of fact, the dimensions of that millennial temple on Mount Zion is about as big as Jerusalem is today. So the temple, or the, the capital, the basically Jesus' uh, throne room, will be the size of Jerusalem itself. So what we see in Jerusalem today is not what Jerusalem of the future will look like.
Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Excellent point. And one of the things that we see right now, even right before our eyes, is this whole Zionist movement is helping really to uh, fulfill Bible prophecy as we see so many Jews returning uh, to their land. And of course, that would need to be in place as the Lord returns. But um, Nathan, if we go to Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, 37 verse 14, there is a prophecy of God's people being regathered uh, to this location where eventually God is going to rule there. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, to um, Ezekiel 37 and read for us there, verse 14? That would be fantastic. Ezekiel 37, 14 reads, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. And, and Nathan, I, I love that because it's, it says there that I will place you in your own land. And you and I are witnesses of that prophecy right now. Absolutely. Israel becoming a nation again after being desolate for 1900 years. There are so many prophecies in the Bible that prophesied a second return of Israel. Isaiah 11, for instance, prophesied a second return of the Jews uh, not the first return, which came from Babylon, and that was just the tribe of Judah, but all the Jews, as they mixed in through the countries over the millennia, will be brought back to Jerusalem. And you know, this prophecy is actually part of also Ezekiel 36. Then 37 is the Valley of Dry Bones. In other words, Israel is, as a nation was dead. It's been dead for centuries, but God would reconstitute it and rebuild it and give it life again. And even though it it's alive, it it's secular. Matter of fact, last statistic I saw, 85% secular. So they don't yet have the heart, and they won't have the heart for Jesus yet, because the, it won't be to the end of the tribulation when Jesus returns. He said he won't return until the Jews say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they're waiting for the Messiah, and they'll be shocked when it's Jesus. The Bible says they'll be weeping and wailing and mourning when they realize that they've wasted the last 2,000 years. Uh, but at at the millennial kingdom, there will be a remnant of Jews and Gentiles who are saved and have survived the tribulation, and they will live on into the millennial kingdom, and the Lord's Spirit will be in them, and they will rebuild the earth, and it will be a wonderful time of peace and righteousness and justice, and the capital of it all, the throne of it all, will be right there on Mount Zion. Woo, Nathan, that is fantastic. And you made such a wonderful segue for our next passage there, Nathan, in Revelation chapter 21, because really this is where it's all going to. This is our future. This is what we can look forward to. And for those that are tuned into this program, this subject matter is very exciting. It has a lot of significance, and we really need to pay close attention to it. Nathan, would you be able to take us to Revelation 21 there, verses 1 through 5? I know you and I have covered this in the past, but it's always a wonderful passage just to uh, read over again. Well, we're now going past the millennial kingdom into what's called the eternal state. And verse uh, 1 of 21 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven, first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. 
No, Nathan, that is such uh, every time I read those verses uh, or hear them, it just brings joy uh, to my heart because this is really what awaits us. Sometimes people hear Zion and Zionism and they only think of uh, uh, Jewish people or certain movement. But we need to recognize this is we who are believer in Jesus Christ in our eternity. This is going to be our location. This is going to be our center, the new Jerusalem, the new city. And to me, that is just something amazing. Well, the history of anti-Semitism and now, which is modern influences, anti-Zionism, is, a, is really a satanic. It's a hatred of what God is doing in Jerusalem. And yes, the Jewish people aren't. Bible-believing Christians, uh, for the most part, they haven't accepted Jesus as their Savior, so so Christians will reject Zionism. But Zionism is a fulfillment of prophecy. It's a return of the Jewish people to the land as Amen. prophesied that Jesus will hasn't forgotten his promises to the Jews. He will save a remnant of them. And his victory over Satan is Zionist. The millennial kingdom is Zionist. And now we've got the eternal state on a new, hev new heaven, which is a new city, Jerusalem, on the new earth, which will be much larger to hold this massive city. And again and again, it's about Jesus Christ ruling and reigning. And you can't have that when there is a Jerusalem or a Jewish presence. And Satan hates that. So his constant uh, attempts to thwart Jesus' plan always revolve around Jewish people and their control of Jerusalem. Nathan, you mentioned something really important that I thought was, was perfectly on. You said God has not forgotten the Jewish people. Likewise, God has not forgotten those individuals that are trusting him. And, and you know, there's some individuals out there that they, they feel forgotten by God. Maybe they've done something uh, in their lifestyle and their lives that they think God hates him and God doesn't want anything to do with them. But really, God has not forgotten them, right? Nathan, those that put their trust in him and those that draw closer to him, the Lord will draw closer to them. And that's why you and I, before we close the program, we always give an invitation so people will know, no, God has not forgotten about you. As a matter of fact, that's why Nathan and I are doing this program. And that's why you're probably listening to it so that you can know that God is thinking about you. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And Nathan, you're absolutely right. God has not forgotten about the Jewish people, all those people that he has a plan for uh, to get saved. Absolutely. The Lord wants uh, all of history, let me just say, is like a harvest. Every generation has its harvest and there's good, the wheat, and then there's those who reject Christ and he compares them to the weeds or tares. And every generation gets an opportunity to choose God or not for the end goal of this eternal state where humanity who has chosen to live with God has there. Not that we're forced to live with God, but they chose to live with God. And so we're kind of winnowed throughout a human history to live in that celestial new Jerusalem that'll be on the new earth and to be with God face to face, just like the Garden of Eden again. And that's what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to be in rebellion against him. He He wants to show you his love and he wants to he uh, forgive you. Matter of fact, he's went to the extreme of sacrificing his own son, just like Abraham was asked of Isaac. Well, God sacrificed his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. So being perfect, the just punishment of your sins were on Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when you ask him to be your Lord and Savior, then he will forgive your sins, take the guilt away, and give you that new life and that new hope. So if that's your decision today, if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, then pray something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And he will forgive you of your sins. The guilt will be gone. You will have a new life and inherit a new life in heaven forever.
Woo. Oh, man, Nathan, thank you so much. That is fantastic news. And maybe you pray that prayer for the first time from wherever you are. Hey, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call. Send us a text. 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice and celebrate with you and also send you a gift. We'll send you a Bible or we'll also bless you with one of the books that Nathan Jones and myself wrote, The Mighty Angels of God, just to encourage you to continue to grow in your knowledge of the Lord. And I always encourage you that after COVID is over, if you find a good church somewhere that teaches you the word of God, let the pastor know that you accepted Christ and take the next step and be baptized so that we will continue to make disciples. So Nathan, thank you so much for sharing, like always, that wonderful invitation for those on the other side. Oh, you're welcome, Vic. It's, it's, it's the biggest decision you'll ever make in life. It, there's nothing more important to decide your future is giving your life to Jesus Christ and accepting his salvation. Mm, awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And yes, for those of you that have been part of our program, remember, even though our time is up for this segment of the program, you can always get a hold of us. If you need a prayer, if you have any questions, we would love uh, to uh, talk to you. Those of you following us on social media, hey, we'd love for you to post there any questions that you might have or any comments. We check those out and we try to reply back. Those of you on Facebook or social media and the like, thank you for keeping us in prayer. And uh, we're very excited for what the Lord is doing. So Nathan Jones, it's always a blessing to have you on. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you for always joining me. Oh, excellent, brother. Uh, what a blessing. You all be blessed as well.